We're Kim and Kendra, two faithful skeptics who find Christ calling us to ask all kinds of questions. Join us for our podcast, Hold On, Is That Really Christian? Kim, I've been thinking uh, lately about the Bible, and I wondered if maybe we could talk about it today. Are, are you interested in, in maybe having a little conversation about the Bible? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been thinking that many people struggle with the Bible, and I think that it's for many different reasons. Um, and at least one might be because they have in some ways um, felt hurt um, by how someone has used the Bible against them in some way. Um, I think also sometimes people, you know, um, become more critically, uh, think more critically as, as they get older. And sometimes that critical thinking hasn't always been welcomed in faith communities, and maybe particularly in the context of the Bible um, and interpreting the Bible. And so when someone gets to a point where maybe they're unwilling to kind of shut off either their mind or their heart, then they kind of wonder, well, what in the world do I do with the Bible now? Then I'm a critical thinker. I want to understand the Bible, but I no longer think about it in the ways that I kind of was taught to as a child. Um, and so, I don't know, I, it, it kind of made me wonder, you know, I'm not sure I've heard too much about your journey with the Bible, and so I thought, well, maybe this would be a good time for us to talk about that a little bit. Well, when I was younger, I remember that um, my introduction to the Bible, let's say, you know, just as a child or as a young adult, would have been more like the things that were happening that were important to me in church, and that might be the Christmas stories right. more than anything. Uh, or one time I got to be the, um, the woman who had uh, wiped her, her Jesus's feet with her hair and I had long hair and I got to do that. So oh, I knew that right. one. Yeah. <laughs> so there are different things that I learned, but not as much as I did uh, as an adult and actually for a time sort of disengaged from Christianity, but came back and learned so much more I didn't know that I was not introduced to as a younger person. Uh, I know other people have different experiences with, depending on their faith tradition right. where the Bible may be stressed more. I've talked right. to some of them recently. For me, it came later in my life. So I learned concepts like uh, justice and mercy and how important those are as, as, um, as part of the Bible because you see justice mentioned so much and understanding what justice means. It's not punishment. It can be, but there's also restorative justice which is about making us all whole and a better right, society exactly. and living out the dream of God. Uh, and then one last thing I would say is I also learned things like the fact that over 2,000 verses uh, in the Bible are estimated to be there addressing people living in poverty. And that's according to Reverend Jim Wallace, whose seminary roommate actually did the calculations on it. <laughs> and it's so important to understand that it's not just about them, but about how we treat them how just we are toward them, 
and whether or not we are really incorporating them into society. So those are the couple of things that I learned over time, and I feel like I'm on a constant journey of learning. How about you, Kinder? <laughs> I appreciate that. I think um, my journey with the Bible um, maybe kind of was a little more problematic or challenging for me. Um, I remember when I was young, I really uh, enjoyed reading the Bible and enjoyed uh, leading Bible studies kind of as early as when I was a junior high. Uh, I was always looking to get a few of my friends together and we'd study the Bible. Um, and then um, over time, as I became more and more um, a feminist, the Bible became more and more of a challenge. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how I was going to integrate my feminist convictions um, with what I found to be many places within the Bible that seemed to be sexist or patriarchal, uh, misogynistic. Um, and so for years, the Bible was an obstacle to my faith and not a benefit. Um, and I can remember for many years, even though I was a um, university professor and I was teaching Bible classes, um, you would never find me picking up the Bible in any other context. Um, in other words, it had nothing to do with my faith. Um, so I could teach it as a subject, um, but I certainly didn't find it to be inspiring or helpful. Uh, for my faith journey. So for me, I think that um, it has been a lifelong process of kind of giving the Bible a second chance. Mm -hmm. um, is there maybe any role for it to play um, in my own faith uh, journey? Um, and, and I can say that it, that it um, has, but I'll um, speak a little more to that I think in a minute. In thinking about kind of our journeys um, with the Bible, I wonder, um, so in what ways or what has been the role then of the Bible for you? And maybe is there any insight about that for us as people of faith? I think the more I have gotten into the Gospels, Matthew, mm, Mark, Luke, right. John, the synoptics being Matthew, Mark, and Luke because they're very similar, and then John being very different and in, in the, written in the later periods, that uh, understanding them, they're not, you can't just mush everything together. It's often understanding audience and understanding um, just the importance of what Jesus taught as well as learning about Jesus' life, the miracles, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So I think I've had people say, well, Jesus didn't teach anything. Well, yes, Jesus did. And not only did he teach something, he said in Matthew 28, we are to teach everything that he told us that we should be doing. Um, so in, the, in that sense, it's, it's become more for me that understanding and, and seeing some things very differently uh, in terms of especially, I think, of Jesus's role with women. It's, it raises some really interesting issues, Mary. The Mary or Marys, right? The um, the Marthas, who was told, you know, sit down here and be like your sister and and become my disciple, as opposed to just you know helping people around the house. Granted, she was just acting out of hospitality, but on the other hand, Jesus felt that was more important. 
Um, so there are all kinds of things with, with the Bible that I see differently now than I would have a long time ago. I like the, the prophets, too. They're interesting and very, very uh, challenging. And, right. um, but, but also that Jesus saying those were important influences on him and his ministry helps me to know that I, I want to know about those prophets as well. So right. there's those issues. Now, what is problematic to me lately is, and I'm just going to give one example, and this is one politician, and, but I do see this often, or I say often, sometimes, mm-hmm. in a way that makes me concerned. And that is when our current uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, was asked about his policies. He said, here's the Bible, and this is my policy. That raises questions for me. For example, within Leviticus and Deuteronomy, there is something called a jubilee year, the complete periodic, complete redistribution of wealth and forgiveness of all loans and debts. We say that when Jesus tells us the prayer that we should pray, which is the Lord's Prayer, it's reflected in there, our daily bread and also forgiving our debtors in one one of the versions. So there's that. So that's my question for him. How does he see the Jubilee year is his policy? Second would be Jesus talking in Matthew 25, 31 through 46, explicitly about those who are blessed and those who are not blessed. I'll just say it that way, is that the blessed are the ones who care for those who, who are sick. If they're the hungry or fed, uh, there's also uh, something about immigrants or foreigners or sojourners, different mm-hmm. translations use it, but it basically sure. are outsiders, and then that includes immigrants. Then you also have um, what we're supposed to do with prisoners, which is to go visit them. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It How are we treating people we in prison? Not necessarily they're all released, but sure. most profound in that is Jesus says, I'm among them. So I would ask Mike Johnson or any politician who wants to use the Bible, how do you see that playing out in the policies that you're that creating. you are creating, sure. that you are supporting. Right. How about you, Ken? That, that's a terrific um, insight. And I think that uh, politicians who, I, I would say for a politician who would say something like that, right, if you want to understand me, just go and read the Bible. Um, I see that as, as using the Bible, making it an instrument to political expedience. Um, and I think that that in and of itself um, is problematic um, because I don't think the role of the Bible um, is that. I think the role of the Bible is that it's a tool um, that we can use to help us um, in our faith journeys. And I assume that those faith journeys, the goal of that would be to connect with God and to love our neighbor. Um, and so I think that that the use of the Bible is to help us kind of on that particular journey. Yeah, and I just wanted to add, I think it helps us love our neighbor better and more specifically. Uh, I think we can get off into situations in the Bible where it says this or that and and proof texting it or cherry picking it, however you want to call it. I don't think that's very helpful. What are overall themes in particular and how do they relate to our love of neighbor? Because so many things that we in Christianity get really enthusiastic about as a movement as a whole isn't that well supported in scripture actually but, right. but things about um, 
how we care for and really love our neighbor is very much more specific than that. Yes. Well, I imagine that the Mike Johnsons of the world, when um, ask a question and respond with, we'll just go read the Bible, probably don't have the astute Bible reader in mind that you clearly are, right? Uh, because uh, I, th- I think you um, know it well enough that you're able to kind of push back in a, in a way. Um, but it's not just that. I think, I think what, what I see you suggesting is that we need to become better interpreters of the Bible. Um, and in, um, in some ways, making friends with the Bible. And for me, as I mentioned earlier, that the Bible was such an obstacle, um, part of the way I became friends with the Bible um, was that I began to be really honest about it, right? And by that I mean it is a source of inspiration and it is a source of pain and oppression. Um, and that it is both, and we will find both and everything in between in its pages. And that shouldn't surprise us because the people who wrote the Bible were human just like we are. Um, and so if we can at least start from this place of honesty and say the Bible is messy mm-hmm. and it's messy because life is messy. And so um, if that's kind of our baseline, then we can move forward in a way that I think is transparent um, and seeks to um, kind of suss out within the, the pages um, where it can be helpful to us in enabling us to grow closer to God and to learn how to love our neighbor better, as, as you said. Um, there's a lot more that I think we can say about the Bible, but perhaps we've given our listeners at least a little bit to maybe chew on uh, for a bit. Um, and so I think what we might just say is, I'm sure we'll be back um, and uh, talking some more about whether or not the Bible deserves a second chance. We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us at podcast at northhaven.org. Thanks for joining our conversation. We hope you'll join us next time. We thank North Haven Church in Dallas for sponsoring us, Larry McCain for music, and Chris Qualley for technical assistance. If you'd like to know more about our sponsor, go to northhaven.org. That's North Haven with one H. And on our website, you can find more information on our ministries of faith, mercy, and justice.